Thanks, John. Merry Christmas to you all. Well, the few people sort of like that's good. Uh, I have a very strange one this morning. I actually got to time I started to come to church. One of my kids wasn't even out of bed. That was a very strange experience for me. Uh, if you got a young child in here, that wasn't our experience at all. Um, but isn't it great to be able to gather together and to sing praises to God again? It's just such a wonderful thing to do, especially at Christmas. I'm so glad that we can. Why don't you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you that you are a great God who has come into our world in the person of your Son, experienced our brokenness and died our death and raised from your life. Father, we thank you for this wonderful gift and we pray that as we reflect on it this year in particular, help us to remember the wonder of what you've given us to celebrate, the reason we have, the reason you've given us in your Son. As we celebrate this day, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start by asking you to do something that I know you're not going to want to do. I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back to March 2020. March 2020, the month when this whole COVID thing just exploded like a bomb across our world. So one week we could go to the shops, we could, we could send our kids to school, we could play sport, we could hug our friends, we could shake hands, we could travel the world, we could go into the state, we could sing freely at church, we could attend a wedding and a funeral freely, we could go to a concert, we could see your thing, you could dance in a mosh pit. It wasn't my thing, but anyway, you could line up at the supermarket like sardines on a Saturday lunchtime. We could do that back then. But then everything changed so quickly, didn't it? Almost overnight. One week we could do that, the next week we were told to stay at home as much as we could. Homeschool with kids, only go to the shops we had to wash our hands regularly for 20 seconds at a time. We had to learn Zoom. The staff here at OEC, we had to learn to be video editors for crying out loud. And you all saw how good we were at that, or maybe not. I think at that time, at that moment, in March and April, it really hit us between the eyes, like probably had never hit us before, that we're not in control, are we? We're not in control. Our lives can be changed in an instant, it seems, by things completely out of our control. Now, some people have seen that plainly through the fires of January and December, haven't they? But in COVID, that was a lesson that we all felt and all saw and experienced firsthand. And this lesson that we learned in March and April is something that we find hard to accept, hard to stomach. We, we like to think, particularly in our Western world, that we're in control. We like to think that we are the ones who write our scripts, that we're the ones who can live our lives the way that we want to. We have that power. But in March, we could see that that wasn't the case. We don't write our own scripts. We aren't in control of our world. And we aren't in control of our lives. We all felt that feeling. And as I was talking to people at the time, that was something that we all really felt. But there's another message I think that's coming out now from COVID. An old message that I think we're hearing loud and clear, particularly I think in our country. And it's this message. We've got this. We've got this. We as humans, we have the capacity to beat this, to conquer, together, to, to overcome. Uh, our 
family quite often watches ABC News uh, in the evenings. And just before the news, there's often a slideshow that, that captures the memories of the year. It's titled 2020 has changed everything. And there's pictures capturing the moments of struggle and isolation and protest with different captions like this. We're anxious. We're calm. We're hurting. We're healing. We're struggling. But we're strong. We're powerless. But we're powerful. We're uncertain. We're unstoppable. We're full. But we're brilliant. I think it's a fantastic way of capturing our experience of this year and what we've seen. And while the message of this ABC promo really recognises the reality of the struggle that we've all been and lived through, it also tells us that together we've got this. Yes, this year has been difficult, but together we can conquer it. It's a message about the amazing capacity we have as humans to meet the challenges that we face. And this message really does key into something that's very true about us as a human race. We have an absolutely astounding capacity to adapt, to solve, to succeed, to meet the challenges that we face together. That in Australia, we have been able to, together, work to limit the impact of what is clearly an amazingly contagious and deadly disease. It's really quite a feat, isn't it, that we've been able to do that together. That in our world, we have developed at least two vaccines in unheard of times. If you would have gone back to TV and said we'd do that, We'd, we'd developed in two vaccines within nine months, we'd just shake your head and that wouldn't happen. So we've done it, we've begun to roll that out, that's amazing. Together as humanity, we have and can achieve so much. And I would say that this is testament to the wonder of how God made us, created us, in his image, with the power to create, with the power to solve and work together. But with this message about the power of humanity being loud in our ears at the moment, it's easy to forget the lessons that we all felt in March. The plain fact that actually we're not in control of our world and of our lives. And this year of all years, it must be clear to us that this lesson from March is true, even in the face of all the good things that we can do and our capacity to meet the challenges that come our way. It's been clearly shown to us that there's a number of things that we are not in control of. That tell us that we have not got this. That we are as we were created as we Let me just name four things that really clearly tell us that we're not in control. First one, illness. Our doctors, our researchers are amazing, but we will always, always, be ravaged by all manner of illnesses, whether they be physical or mental or emotional. They'll always be part of our experience as humanity. Second one, hatred. Our human experience will always be marked by hatred. It always has, and it always will. Now, I'm not denying the fact that we'll also be marked by astounding acts of love 
and concern for others and care, sometimes in powerful and amazing ways, but we will always in our world struggle with hatred. It will always be part of our experience. And I think we see that again and again in a number of places this year. I mean, the whole Black Lives Matter protests have amply highlighted that this is an issue that we have not solved. And frankly, we never will. Because then we shouldn't try, but hatred will always be part of our experience. The only instantly connected with hatred is war. Every war was meant to be the last war, but every war is followed by another. Our long history is darkened by the horrors of war, world wars, global and fighting, and everything else in between. And we're kidding ourselves if we think we can eradicate this scourge from our human experience. Finally, the big one death. Our greatest enemy. Our terrible destiny. No one can share it. No one can bear it. People may long to live forever, but we'll. We all know there's going to be a day when we will go to that last funeral and we won't hear a word because it'll be our name on that service ship. But that's coming for all of us. Death is that one great thing that yells out loud and clear, we're not in control. We haven't got this. We're trapped in a world where things are broken, where things aren't right. We're destined for what we know deep down is something that was meant to be our ultimate destiny. Now, any view of our world and our experience is to grapple with this reality, this experience that we have. And the Christian answer for why this world is so broken is the problem of sin. That's really, that's what really lies at the core of it all. The problem of our rejection of the God who made us. This world is under a curse. God has cursed us. Cursed it and us, our world and us, because of our hatred and indifference of Him. That's, that's the core of sin. The core of sin is hatred and indifference of God. That's our biggest problem. Humanity, let me kind of like this, humanity is like a boat stranded at sea, leaking. A leaking boat that is destined for disaster and death. There's no motor, there's no tools and equipment that we need to fix it all. We can't fix this. Humanity needs a rescue boat. Humanity needs a saviour because we can't fix this mess that we're in. We're not in control. Now I know this is not the serious thing to be happy about on Christmas Day, but the truth is, unless we consider this lesson that we all felt so keenly in March this year, we'll never know how wonderful the true message of Christmas really is. We'll never see the joy that we celebrate at Christmas like we should. Like we can. So let's talk about this wonderful news of Christmas. Now that we've recognised the reality of our human situation, that we're not in control, that we need to be saved from ourselves and from death. In the both, both passages we read earlier, we see this idea that the coming of Jesus isn't about a cute little baby in a manger surrounded by these strangely curious farm animals in the end. It's just a bit of a strange thinking to think about Anyway, that's not the true picture of what Christmas is really all about. It's actually about a great and wonderful rescue mission. That's what it is. In the first passage of read, it'll come back up on the screen. You hear the words of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, breaking out into a song of what God is about to do. 
not through his son John, but through his to John's cousin Jesus. And what he sings about in this read is about his rescue mission. You can see the words highlighted in bold there: salvation, redeem, mercy, rescue. They're all words which capture what Christmas is really all about. This great rescue mission that God has sent Jesus to fulfill. And in the second passage, we read, God makes crystal clear what our great enemy is. Let's have a look at that. I'll read this little again. Mrs. Joseph, you're thinking about divorcing or separating from his wife to be because she become pregnant. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit, she will give birth to a son. And you are giving the name of Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. This is what the big restoration is about. This is what Christmas is really all about. God's great rescue boat, that is his son, sent to rescue us from sin, rescue us from death, rescue and bring us back into right and eternal relationship with him, which we were created for. And we can only surely recognise how wonderful this news is as we comprehend how much we need God to come to our rescue, how desperately we need to be saved, how we cannot do this ourselves, even together. Yes, we have an astounding capacity and we have the challenges that we all face to make vaccines, to come together to, when we need to to face the challenges that come, but, but no vaccine, no amount of working together can solve the problem of death, can solve the problem of sin. Only God can fix that. And he has fixed that in the person of his son. That child in a manger grew up to love and to heal and to serve and to heal and to raise the dead and then to die out there and then to raise to new life and defeat death once and for all for us. That is the good news that we celebrate at Christmas time. So this Christmas, let's not forget the lesson that we so keenly felt in March and April. That we're not in control. That we do need rescue. And let's also not forget the fact that we can celebrate the God who has come to rescue us in the person of his Son. who came in the world to save, to redeem, to give life to the dead. Merry Christmas to you, whether you're here in person or on Zoom, celebrating at home. Merry Christmas, and I hope and pray that this evening you'll enjoy Christmas as someone who recognises the power and the love of God expressed in His Son.